If you're listening to this, you're one of the outstanding people and friends of Full House who stepped up to subscribe. Thank you. I suppose you could be listening to a bootleg copy from one of your pals, but we'll give you the benefit of the doubt on this one. It should be no surprise that over the years of recording this show, we've enjoyed some really great conversations that never get released. Typically, we all connect at 10 p.m. Eastern, catch up on life a bit, run sound check on our various mics and connections, and of course go over the rules and the show plan with any special guests or first-time podcasters. I remind everyone, no profanity, even if I have little doubt about their manners. You just never know with some people. I'm normally a little distracted and preoccupied during this opening section, reviewing the monologue one last time, hoping to start as soon as possible, and sometimes even getting a little nervous. You can still hear it in my voice from time to time if you listen closely, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Sometimes I'm as cool as a cucumber, as my mom used to say to me before baseball games. Other times I can feel the pulse and breathing accelerate, like I'm about to give a speech. Which, of course, in a sense, I am. Go figure. At the break, we of course all do the biological necessities and refresh our drinks, alcoholic or otherwise. But sometimes we chat for up to half an hour on these breaks, either on the topics of the first hour or those to come in the second. If I had a nickel for every time Sam said, this should be on the show, or save it for the show, I'd be better situated for that early retirement. And then, of course, after we sign off with our customary see ya, we pat ourselves on the backs for our heartfelt brilliance, even if the show maybe wasn't our best, catch up on personal or movement drama, typically after any special guest has departed, and Sam usually taps out first, early bird that he is. Rolo and I have stayed up way too late shooting the shit on occasion, much to my detriment the next day. What you're about to hear is frankly a surprise to me, and a special treat for you. You see, when we record the show, we double record it, one version to the cloud, and then Rolo records it locally on his computer as a backup. In recent years, I believe there was only one instance when we inadvertently lost content due to an inexplicable failure of both systems. Tragic for the last 15 minutes of our fourth anniversary special, but it could have been a lot worse. Unbeknownst to me, Rolo kept his local recording going during our breaks, not as some malevolent scheme to collect blackmail, as I, of course, instantly rushed to judge him, <laughs> but just because it made his job easier, and sometimes you just want to let a machine keep running, rather than risk shutting it down and starting up again. All of which is to say that Rolo has collected here about 50 minutes of gems when we thought we were off mic, in a sense. I guess this makes it a hot mic collection of sorts. The content herein ranges from emergency medicine realities to some pop culture geeking out to Mormonism and even Russian history. Of course, it's been curated to avoid revealing anything too personal. We naturally talk about our families, jobs, and life challenges during the breaks. But I think, or at least hope, it shows that we are more or less the same men off the show as we are on. If there's one thing I feel passionate about on Full House, it's being honest and neither sugarcoating anything nor overly despairing about anything. We have a responsibility to be truthful, 
but also to advance our cause. So what you're about to hear won't change your life, but should prove entertaining. At minimum, it provides a peek behind the curtain, as it were, of this labor of love that now spans almost five years and 175 episodes. And we hope you enjoy it. Beetlejuice, you mean? El <laughs> <laughs> bulbhead. Yeah. Dude, oh my gosh. On, on the show today, Alex was like, she looks like something that I would put outside my house on Halloween. And I was like, that's it. That's the perfect way to describe her. Yeah. Bingo. Oh my gosh. Nigger Beetlejuice. <laughs> Nick <Nigger> Beetlejuice. <laughs> it's so hot. it's so in your, in your face. Yeah. One of these yeah. great uh, great Midwest cities, city of broad shoulders, and you got this this oh creature. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Chicago is Chicago is going to be like Detroit, and pretty soon. Yep. I mean, well, uh, that, uh, uh, Detroit's population is literally like a quarter of what it was twenty five years ago, or something like that. It's an empty city. Yeah, that's that's how Chicago is going to be. I mean, all those businesses and the Mag Mile. There's so many vacant buildings and everything. It's worse than the '80s. The '80s used to be like that. I remember when I was in high school, we would we would drive downtown Chicago, and you could park anywhere. You know, you just pull over. You know, there's no you pull over to any curb. You could just park. But no one's going downtown anymore. That's that's the thing. So you know, it's it. it People don't go downtown. All the businesses, things are are closing up or already closed, and uh, people are fleeing the city every year. And it will be just like what you said, Smasher. It will be twenty five percent of the population, and even the whole state of Illinois is like that. People are leaving. Uh, Two hundred something people leave every single day. Yeah, fifteen years ago, Sam, it was, we got married on a beautiful October day. We the oh. marriage was out in the burbs, but I went with my parents the day before to Millennium Park and oh, you know, two, yeah. two, two, two thousand six, just doing the yeah. standard touristy stuff, and it was you know spectacular. Yeah. I remember when I met my wife, two thousand two. You know, her parents were like they they yeah. still believed in Chicago and were proud of oh, it. I- I used to be a big Chicago guy. I was born in Chicago. I lived in Chicago. I, I used to, you know, people would come to town. I'd say, come on, I'm going to take you for a, a tour of Chicago. And I'd, I could show them buildings. I could I could probably still take you on a tour of Chicago and mm-hmm. show you things and stuff. Now, but yeah, if you're wearing body yeah. armor. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's it's sad. I mean, it's it's really sad, you know, because white people built this city just like every city, just like anything of any worth. Just like everything everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just like everything everywhere was built by white people. And, you know, it's it's sad to see it destroyed. It's nothing to be happy about. That's for sure. But it's necessary. Uh, this is a necessary moment. And my mother in law lives uh, about two hours away. In- so I think we're going to go there. And uh, maybe that I know it's like a joke in in this country to talk badly about your mother-in-law, but my mother-in-law is really cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, same here. Uh, she's uh, you know, you, you, she's been over here many. In fact, she's coming here uh, next uh, month in November. She's going to come here. She'll usually stay for like a whole month uh, every year, though she has not come for the last the last year because of COVID. But uh, she's uh. I, Many times there's been a you know house full of Nazis here talk and she'll talk right with us. She's you know she's 100 percent right with where we are. Nice, so, very cool. It's, it's always good. Yeah, so, yeah. We're going to uh, we're going to the AFA Winter Nights thing, and that's awesome. Good people. Yeah. Good. Did people, you man. did you reconnect with them, Smasher, as a result as a result yep. of that show? Or, all right, hot damn. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also the the couple that we met 
locally at the, um, yep. mm-hmm. they're also involved with it. And we were talking to them and I was like, yeah, so like invited us out to the winter nights thing. And they're like, no shit. Like you got personally invited out to winter nights. And I was like, yeah, no big deal. That's awesome. How heavy is your heaviest Husky smasher? Uh, Ollie is probably 90 pounds. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Ooh. Which is so kind of small. For, but Ollie's the Malamutes get huge, but Ollie is half Alaskan Husky and Alaskan Huskies are kind of like bastardized Siberian Huskies. Mm-hmm. And so they're a little bit sleeker. And so he has more of the Alaskan Husky body and the head of the Malamute. So he's, you know, he hits about 90 pounds, which is average for like a Husky, uh, small for a Malamute. Yeah. Well, I could tell you Smasher's dogs are formidable. Formidable. Oh yeah, <laughs> a handful. <laughs> a handful for sure. A lot of Americans, not just our guys, are saying "screw this rat race," selling the house and getting an RV. So, oh let's, yeah, let's, let's dig into it. That's why they're so dang expensive these days. Some somebody got somebody in the chest. Somebody was like, "Don't be fooled, coach. Like, don't take Team Destiny." I was like, "Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not retarded." But yeah, remember when he had to bow out of some debate because he was he was so high on ecstasy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Mark Kala. Yeah, he, he took <laughs> meth instead of Xanax yeah. or whatever he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I was so, it's so complicated. I think. It, <laughs> It was said after that debate that it's like, well, if if you're you know uh, arguing fascism versus you know liberalism, and then the guy who's fa- arguing li- liberalism is too high on meth to show up to the debate, <laughs> kind of like a gimme. Argument over. Yeah, I guess that that was the argument right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Mark is like uh, like not tricky and not like he's very straightforward yeah that that like somebody who's gonna like talk really fast and double thing back and everything we said before he went in i said it's like he won't be able to defeat you on the points but he will he'll just try and drag you in the weeds kind of like he did with the yes exactly just grab him and it's like just stay on topic right that's the thing striker lives in the weeds so it's like he was right. like he, he was more than happy like, yeah that's not for the weeds striker Mike it's gonna it's, it's just move the weeds you're right so. <laughs> and then I went uh, to the March for Life on Friday and it was okay oh cool uh, can, yeah yeah I'm I want to hear about that glad I went but it wasn't uh, this whole life movement is so cucky and like it, it's no wonder that it's 55 years and there's been no progress whatsoever you know or 50 years or whatever it is but uh, patriot front that's like the best thing that could ever happen to the pro-life movement is have some balls out confident looking guys like that and these cucky boomer retards whining and crying oh why do you guys have shields oh this is a peaceful event i mean yeah, why is it, I mean, how gay and retarded can you be? This this explains why the pro-life movement has achieved nothing in 15 mm-hmm. years. Yeah, yeah. my mum my was a, a massive pro-lifer when I was younger. but So it's like, uh, and I, I remember trying to link it with her because I was like, do you, not, do you not find it weird that it's like the one thing that you put pushed for, which was pro-life, 
it's the one thing you, you didn't get, but you got everything yeah. else. You got yeah. the LGBT, you got yeah. the immigration, you got all of that stuff because it all benefited them, and it and it didn't benefit us. But pro life, right. no, they no, sorry, worse. Right. If your nurse is female, request a new nurse. If your nurse is not white, request a new Alex, nurse. have you noticed recently? Yeah, I've noticed in the last white. few years, the fat that are in EMTs or paramedics now. They're all faggots, and they're all fat as <sighs> I'm, in, I'm in the northeast there. Well, not northeast. I'm in the, I'm in the southeast. But it, I feel like people have been fat here forever now. Like, well, not when I was a kid, but they're fat now. I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the old man. I'm the fat, but I'm like a thin fit dude compared to these people. No, you're, you're, young. You, no you, you're in shape compared to the people I'm used to. Every f***ing new paramedic, every new EMT is a faggot. I'm dead serious. Or a just fat as f***. Yeah. And I'm like, like I'm yeah, watching well, this fat EMT. Be, it's worse, though. It's well, worse. It's like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I've seen a lot of them. Uh, I see them around all the time and stuff, right? Because it's, I mean, I still live in a relatively real community. But even here, it's like they're all f- fat. Uh, but also, I've noticed a trend where, like, like women are just nurses now, right? Like, that's for whatever reason, every woman is like yeah. a, a dumb, slut, cat lady nurse. But also, if they're not cute enough to be a slutty nurse, uh, then they become an EMT because they're like an, a fat, ugly dyke or whatever. There's no good. Uh, I saw the uh, for the <laughs> first time in a long time. I saw like a really uh, cute young blonde nurse, or I'm sorry, EMT in like two years. Two years. You know, the problem with that is attractive females in EMS. Oh, they should be married and having kids. Attractive attractive females in any job like that, whether it's the military, whether it's EMS, whether it's the f-ing trade union, they just yeah. end up as cum socks. Like when I, the uh, fire department I worked for, right when I was working strictly as a paramedic, they had a girl on my a woman on my shift. And I vividly remember when uh, the lieutenant, I'm one of the lieutenants on my shift, his, her, his wife showed up because the day before he caught his husband, her husband banging this gal on her shift. One of the paramedics on my shift. It's, why do we even have these people on working with us? It's tough. They it's suck. So, and they're banging tough. everybody. Because the problem is like, if you go on these calls and you, you've got a female partner, like you're going to bond with them if you're doing crazy stuff. Yeah. It's unavoidable. Like it's it's going to make shit complicated. I, I I hate working with women. I hate working with women. I've had some good female partners, but inevitably, like it's too easy to cross that line because you you see some crazy stuff together. And if if your wife isn't involved in the same career, it makes things very complicated extremely quick. Yeah, I don't know. I avoid them at all costs. Like I think I would retire if we a bunch of women came into where I work right now. I'd retire. I'd be done looking, asking Smasher for a job. Uh, I mean, in theory, they're they're useful because you deal with female patients. There's plenty of situations yeah. where it's like it makes sense for you to deal with this patient and not me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah. Just, for example. I just like, think- uh, I was I was joking about this, but like, if it's a childbirth, like, do, do you really want me doing it, or do you want the female medic? <laughs> yeah, 
Yes, I want you doing it. I want like <laughs> because men are logical and make good decisions. And but my still, wife is like, all right, I'm my, here. Let's deliver this baby. All right. My wife is absolutely not interested in your reconstructed face, so you're the perfect candidate to look at my wife naked, Alex. <laughs> my face is badly reconstructed. <laughs> Did you get attacked by a dog? No, I, I, I was in a vicious car crash whenever I was like 22. Because that's I, why my nose is all. Yeah, I had a friend growing up, and we used to mock him because he 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 was like four years older than us. But we always mocked him for being an old guy because he looked so old. Because a dog attacked him, and he had Mark Hamill level plastic surgery when he was a kid. So he just <laughs> Mark Hamill level. I know it's it's true. Mark Hamill level. <laughs> Yeah, so he just like he just looked like he was forty when he was like nineteen. Did you? Just, did, did anybody watch the book of Boba Fett where they have like the Mark oh, Hamill CGI? Yeah. It's the, they re, it's they it's to the point him. that was was weird. It's, I was who dude, cares? It's a deep fake or whatever. I was watching it, and granted, I, it's not on a huge TV, but from where I was sitting, looking at the screen, you couldn't tell. It was it was surreal. It was like, oh, they did it. Finally did it. It's close enough that you can very easily just think it's Mark Hamill. I have not watched The Mandalorian or the Book of Fat. I, 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 I hate I, know, I, <laughs> can't do it. I can't do it. I hate <laughs> Star Wars so much. I have because I bought the like the DVD of it back in like 2005 or whatever and I in those cases is the despecialized editions cuz those are still awesome. Oh, thank God. I use yeah. I use the actual DVDs as coasters just cuz I hate them so much. <laughs> I used to love Star Wars but I have really gone to hate it. You know, I used to like Harry Potter. Harry Potter was not a terrible story. I don't care. Like, oh, I'm uh, willing to just say that. And I'm a defender I, I'm, of Harry I, Potter for young people. Like the first three books, and I, I think is right. Fun and for I grew up with Harry Potter. Like my entire life, the books were coming out, and they were age appropriate because you know, I basically grew up with Harry Potter. You know, we aged at the same rate, uh, and, and so they were great stories for that. Now I'm just like, dude, Harry Potter has to be destroyed. Like, dude, the crazy power, thing every, about Harry Potter... It has Potter, to be completely removed from everything. It's it's like everything that sucks. Like, if you just... Like, let's say uh, G.I. Joe. You like G.I. Joe. It's just like a thing you like. But now everything right. is like a religion. Like, ev- right. ev- every like 35-year-old woman is like defines her right. life dude, by, by I see, Harry Potter. I see... I see... F- 60 year old women with that, Harry yeah, Potter tattoos yeah. and stuff. Yeah, because that, that's the thing is, uh, I, because when I worked for, I worked for, and he was obsessed with Harry Potter. It was so freaking weird. Dude. Because he, he was so younger like, than me, though, but, but he would just like talk to me about Harry Potter. And I, I, w- I would pretend to be interested because it's my boss. Between like, I don't Harry care. Potter Get a life. and Star Wars, Star and Wars all is this other worst, stuff. Though. It's like I used to enjoy this stuff, and I actually hate it now. Like, yeah, yeah. If I if I see Star Wars content from part of the Star Wars universe that I used to enjoy, it's it makes me mad. Even though like it's from the one sec, the small section that I would consider good, it still makes me mad just because of everything else that comes with it. And it's just like, God, dude, I hope I never see Mark Hamill's face again. 
Have you seen? I the- saw Star Wars live in the theater when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, nice. Me too. I, I never understood the appeal of ET. ET always struck. I e. never. Struck when, when I was e. a is child, as f- when I, I was a child, dude, ET was my favorite movie. I I I don't yeah. know. Kay. I don't Kay. know why. <laughs> Stupid I, faggot! Yeah, I, dude, I I don't know why, but like that was my, I. It may have been because I had like ten movies on VHS, and that was one of them. So I would just watch the same. Like, I, I had. I eight, really don't want to know if that was your favorite. I don't want to know. It wasn't my favorite, but I loved it. My favorite was Aliens. <laughs> but it's like I I had like yeah. I had like Aliens, Batman, The Breakfast Club, and ET. I didn't watch The Breakfast Club, although years later I would love The Breakfast mm. Club. But like you it was just these the movies I would watch over and over i'm not a music guy but the the music from the breakfast club like actually influenced me when i was a teenager awesome i love the breakfast club it's a good soundtrack i watched that recently yeah guardians of the galaxy don't you forget about me by simple minds i i i like three marvel i hate i like both the guardians movies and the winter soldier and the deciding factor for all of those is the soundtrack listen to the the soundtrack guardians of the galaxy listen to the sound the first one was a great movie yeah Uh, see i thought it was a stupid movie which is why i didn't watch the second one i Um, think the second one's better the soundtrack chris pratt is a great that's true i started hating marvel movies before i was a white nationalist though I liked and I would I go to them with them. my kids. I liked the first, I think, one or two Iron Man movies, the first Thor movie. All of, you know, I all liked of them the early pre, on when the they first started Disney coming out. All the Disney movies are solid, all of them. Yes, I agree. Uh, and then, yeah. but even before Disney bought Marvel, they started to become cringe, repetitive. Like, how long are you, why are you guys still making these movies? Are you really trying to make the entire cinematic universe? And then Disney bought Marvel and was like, yes, yes, we are. And at that point, I was just like, God, kill it all with fire. Kill all of it with fire. Please. I, I do love the second Captain America. Like that is a, a movie that I unironically love. And it, it but it, uh, it Winter is a soldier. Yeah, it is accidentally yeah, genius, one. though. It's totally about Jews and not in the sense that everything is about Jews, but it is like actually just about Jews. <laughs> That's the one thing I love about falling into this group of you guys. I never even thought about Jews before. No, that's all I think about. Like, I legitimately <laughs> never considered it. Yeah, I know. No, I'm like, oh. looking around, I'm like, oh, I'm like, Jew. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my wife's looking at me out, out the side of her eye. What the f are you talking about? Because I'm a Jew. Why do you think it's so gay? <laughs> The scales fell from your eyes. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you, know what, you, you know what Marvel Wait. films I actually kind of do like? I hope you don't say Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. I, I do. Because no, we, I like the reason why I said that is because we were talking about that I like like, too. five minutes yep. ago. I like them hey, both. When they, they played, when they played Fleetwood Mac, the chain in it, I'm like, I'm five again. Listen to my parents' vinyl. <laughs> no, I think both of my those movies are glass out on the hi-fi. Oh, I think so, everybody uh, got like... Uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac, like mail that year. I, I liked that director all the way back when he was doing Slither. I love like, Slither. That's that's that was one yeah. of the, the funniest Slither. like laugh out loud moments I had. Is my friend? I've watched uh, Animal Planet. I've never seen his shit like this before. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> when he just goes up to the butcher and he just says meat. Uh, that was like my my biggest laugh out loud moment in a movie. 
Uh, Durendal, to your Jew comment, now when we have Pandora and the classical music coming on, of course, there's always like, you know, Itzhak Perlman and like Vladimir Ashkenazi. So the the kids always, well, it's great. The kids are like, Dad, Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi is like, all right, next class. Yeah, Vladimir Ashkenazi. It's great. I mean, they're learning all the words. We we do this game at the dinner table where I'm like, all right, you have to guess, we have to guess the ethnicity of this last name so Manny you know Shevitz. daughter's still pretty clueless yeah kobayashi and uh martinez and all this stuff and then the goldbergs and signs just to get them thinking then miller challenges mm. uh, 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 not mm. necessarily but suspicious yeah it's green <laughs> howard howard shore is one of my favorite contemporary composers and he's a jew he's the one that did the music for Lord of the rings but yep what about Whatever. jerry goldsmith is he jewish let's get gold in his name we'll have to check the, but, check the early life on that one uh, he's done some amazing arrangements. I like the total oh. recall theme, even though it's basically just Conan the Barbarian. I, I, I like the, what is it? It's the TNG thing, but that's not where it started. It's like Star uh, Trek 4 or 5. No, no, no. It, it's the first one. It's um the motion picture. Yeah, that theme is so strong. It's yeah. it's so good. Like I, I loved it as a kid. I still love it. If I hear it come on, like it transports me back to a place in time. Alexander something did the the theme in, in TNG. It's like just like a little more sped up. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like the Danny yeah. Elfman Batman theme versus mm. like the animated series Batman theme. It's like it's basically Rom- the Romanian same thing. Jewish. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. see, now you're going to be on a tangent how, like, Batman the Animated Series is the best animated series of all time. Like, it's just... Batman perfect. the Animated Series is the Led Zeppelin of animated series, where you re- <laughs> you really only focus on the really good ones, and you forget there's a lot of really bad episodes in that show. I, I didn't... I have see, them in, in, I didn't I have them in the next a, room. There are That's probably the best episodes. description of Led Zeppelin I've ever heard. Uh, it's the second or third season. Just what the f*** are they thinking? <laughs> best movie soundtrack the, the, of all time. The first right now. Best movie soundtrack of all time. Winter Soldier. It's like the only one that I regularly listen to. First season was was. There's was a actually lot of bad episodes, good. like the Basement Dwellers. Master, best movie soundtrack of all time. Winter Soldier. I I'm yeah, a huge I'll, fan I'll of give you that, but, but but what what happened in okay, the second or third season? They they do the red background, greatest soundtrack of all time. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is the first thing that comes to mind, but that's not my final answer. Uh, Alex, I'm thinking about it, I'm so different than you guys right now. I'm I got a totally different Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. You know what I would almost the say? I would, I, would, I, would, I, I would almost say last favorite. Oh, that's okay. Okay, you know what? I played, I played last of the Mohicans. The um, we did the score for do a, a movie is very good. Oh, I've never paid attention to it. I should yeah, just, that, that, just look up the song "Clendathu Drop." It is one of the most epic songs in any movie. It's so awesome. It's the guy who did uh, yeah. Conan the Barbarian. Okay. All right. Oh, as a kid, I love the uh, ET. What the hell was this? the seventies movie with the great seventies soundtrack? Days and Confused. Uh, when it, as a kid, not familiar with seventies music, there was a lot. They did a great job. Curating, well, you're, well, you're uh, going, 70s. you're going by soundtracks. Did you mean soundtracks See, I, I, or I, I score? Do soundtrack. I, things. I, I, I'm, I'm not great, Jenny Roll. I'm just yeah. Score for me would be Conan the Barbarian. 
Yeah, I mean, shit. Jurassic Park is Star Wars. Awesome. John most recently, John Williams in general. Yeah, all the guys in my podcast. A lot of really good music. We saw Mandy and Theo. All the West was one. All the West was one. That's spectacular. I'm showing my age. I I still love Mandy. Is great. He's just awesome. Mandy, Mandy, what the hell is Mandy? It's a it's a fever dream acid trip, but it's actually good. It's a it's a it's a good movie to put on if you're like painting or something. Huh? It's visually amazing. Yeah. Uh, it it makes good use of Nicolas Cage. Like he's he's got some great many many great scenes, <laughs> especially the last scene. It's, it's extremely slow, though. It takes about an hour to get going, but it's only like a ninety-minute movie. You need to like put it on at night, just sort of like relax into it. It's- yeah, I felt I I fell asleep in the theater just because it was like it was like so <laughs> it's so visually pleasing and the sound was so nice. It just put me to sleep. Yeah, it's, I, it's I got fell asleep for like ten it. minutes. Uh, soundtrack is top notch. I, I have put on the soundtrack many times. You know, you know the Top Gun. You know the Tree of Life. <coughs> the Terrence Malick movie. Tree of Life, Senegal. Oh. Tree of Life is a, yeah. Tree, no, Tree of Life movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. That's Hard the, flick, is but, that yeah. that's the one with uh with uh oh wait no, I'm thinking Sean, of Batman. Pe- Sean, yeah, that's and, Tree of Life's a recent movie, right? That's like, like oh, as as a as a father that'll get yeah that'll get the tears flowing, man. And that, Sean that, Sean Penn uh, doesn't have any lines in that, right? Isn't that what he's he's not a central character? Brad Pitt and uh, the beautiful redhead are way more prominent. Yeah. Carrot top. Think of like individual tracks that I loved, like Fright Night. Um, Pop with my baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had that soundtrack when I was in high school. That's not the one I like the most out of the soundtrack. It's uh, Come to Me. That one is great. Oh uh, no the uh, the one in the second one is way better. The with the with Deborah Holland singing. I haven't seen the second one. Um, so the the end credits of the second one, there's a there's a new version of that song with a chick singer, and it doesn't sound it sounds a little more upbeat, even though it's it's like end of the eighties, but it it sounds way better. Fright the original Fright Night is like the quintessential nineteen eighties film. Like Fright, Fright, so Night, Fright Night Two is good. It's one of those movies that where the controversy around it buried it like you know the story of it the i'm just i, I know there's like a female vampire that shows no up no no. the it. story behind the like why the movie just disappeared is the the people that own the studio were killed by their sons i think they were mexican or, or something yeah the, yeah they were killed by their sons like they were like the melendez brothers or the menendez brothers and Menendez is a Puerto Rican name. Whatever, Me- it's all Mexican. They're all niggers to me. Yeah, whatever. There's some kind of Wait. brown people. But was this, was this back in the '90s where this was like a big case? This was. I remember yeah, the it was, case. It was '89 when the movie came out, and it the just Men- compl- the Mendez brothers. Like, yeah, maybe that was it. Something like that. Because th- this was like a huge, like hi- highly publicized case. I didn't think it involved film producers. Yeah, uh, yeah, Lyle and Eric Menendez. Yes, that's yes, that's the one. Yeah, and um, I I had no f-ing idea that that's the yeah because they're they're the people they killed were the they they owned the, the production shit. studio that was behind Fright Night too, and when they died they just like they had this movie that no one was in charge of anymore and they're like whatever and someone came in and just put it out in like i don't know like 50 theaters and then they 
they had they didn't do anything with it. It got a VHS release and it didn't even get like a proper DVD release. And it's it's a perfectly fine movie. It was made by the guy that did Halloween three and the it miniseries. It, it still had Roddy McDowell. Yeah. It, it had the uh, it had people in it. Oh, it was like how a did movie. I not know? How did I not know that these two, that's who they killed? Because I remember that when I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. It's just steamrolled the movie. Uh, Do you consider uh, us to be Christians? Me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I do, yeah. Really? Because, uh, well, I think this is a sort of a point of controversy within the church, because I've heard it both ways. But I mean, uh, I guess it depends on how you define Christian. But, you know, based on on, uh, the Mormon understanding, you know, Christ, uh, he is a God, but he is not the God. Uh, So uh, therefore, uh, I well, I've I've heard lots of Christians who say that if you uh, reject the Trinity, you're, you're not really Christian. Yeah, well, imagine if we had gotten into that. <laughs> well, imagine if we yeah. got into uh, the Catholic Church being a bunch of idol worshippers. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> Sam, no offense. I, I disavow. Um, Brigham Young yeah. actually used to, used to badmouth Christians in some of his talks, uh, which, which is interesting, but now now the church is very very much wants to have the title of Christian. They they really want to be seen as one of the many Christian sects, uh, and they they work hand in hand with the others and with the ADL and such. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up, but yeah. <laughs> so we but we very the church very much it seems to me they really want to be considered Christians. Uh, so. They also don't want to be called Mormons. What do they want? What do they want to be called? Like L- LDS? Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. No, you, know you can't call them LDS either. Yeah, that's true. Used, last time they said, yeah, this is the second time through this kind of nonsense, I guess you could say. When I was a teenager, they came up with this, uh, don't call us Mormons. We're the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And they said, you know, we can call people can call us LDS, but now this time they were like, yeah, don't call us, don't shorten it to LDS. That's not respectful. So it's like, what are people supposed to call us as individuals? Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's, it's just, it's not yeah, very, it's not reasonable. But, uh... <laughs> well, seriously, you guys did a nice job, and uh, I, I guarantee somebody will, will hear this and at least be more interested in stopping by a temple or checking it out. <laughs> if, if, well, not, yeah. if, not, if nothing else, you dispelled a lot of like the standard programmed uh, garbage that's said about you guys. Well, yeah, my my uh, goal in life, I guess you could say, with my with my little channel uh, and whatnot, is uh, just I want I want pro white Mormons to to kind of realize that it's okay it's okay to be pro-white the church says it's not they actually said pro-white is bad and white nationalism is very very bad but uh i just kind of want those who are mormon and white nationalist or whatever pro-white nazi whatever they are uh to know that you know that's okay that's in line with the real doctrines of the church um and i want people who aren't mormon but are well pro-white to 
you know, to, to be willing to accept those of us who are both, <laughs> that we're, it's okay, we, we can be trustworthy. I, I think on the whole, to be honest, we're, we're not, <laughs> you know, we, oh yeah, that's something that we didn't talk about is the uh, kind of the papal infallibility that we kind of have going on these days, that the prophet is infallible, we have to, you know, we have to do whatever the, he says. It's kind of a, a problem that we have, I think. Is the prophet uh, the, I, the highest-ranking Mormon official? Yeah, yeah, Priest? yeah. yeah. Yep. There, that, that, is a, that is a problem, that uh, if you're not willing to reject some part of what he says, then you, you really can't be a white nationalist if you... If you consider him infallible, because he has explicitly said, no, 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 no white nationalism, no white culture, no being pro-white. Uh, you know, uh, he's he constantly talking about racism and how it's bad, that sort of thing. So, well, we we run into this in the Catholic Church as well because uh, trad Catholics are are always running into this thing like, well, the Pope said this and stuff like that. But we will also have those things written by saints long ago that said is, you know, when the when even if the Pope was to go against the faith, we don't have to follow him. You know, so that's the same type of thing. We we follow we follow what's what's good and what the faith teaches, but you know even if this guy's in error, then we have to follow what's right. And I think even just on a human level, you know, and that's that's what I will appeal to. You know this this thing about race. We see how the other races are different from us, not just different physically, but morally they're different from us. So if we want to have a certain type of of society, we have to follow that. You know, and and uh, no no amount of theology or morality or any other thing can controvert that thing. Got to think of right. more words that are hard for Scottish people to say. <laughs> Well, I've lived in the U.S. for many years, so <laughs> I'm I'm, uh, I'm not as bad as someone you know right out of Edinburgh or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's only the people right around there that actually speak like that, right? It's like Scotland as a whole; they don't don't have exactly that accent. Well, you know, the accent varies greatly depending on where you're from. Uh, yeah, like, uh, a lot of Americans think Glasgow is the the worst. I was yeah. going to say Glasgow. But you know, it's not nearly as bad as like you know, the Gaelic speaking areas like Wick and the Hebrides. It, it's pretty rough even for Scottish people to, to tell yeah. what's going on. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I thought uh, like up in Sky and stuff, it gets pretty heavy. Yeah, they're, they're all Gaelic speakers there, so you yeah. gotta you, you gotta know your Kim and Ahashiv and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, we uh, we had a lot of fun in Scotland, and I mean, up the further north you got, the more f- fun I think I had. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful country, but it, the politics is okay. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I know in our family we're we're part Scottish as well. You know that's what I liked about about uh, Eastern Europe uh, is uh, people are like actually it de- depending on the country. But for example, like my wife is from Czech Republic and I lived there for uh, a few years, and uh, the people are pretty 
best. I mean, uh, they are uh, like yeah. every year in the city where I, I was staying, uh, people got together and they actually walked around uh, the center of the city uh, in overalls with the Confederate battle flag. Uh, yeah. doing some, some kind of like they, they don't even know what the American Civil War was. They just know that the flag means racism, so they they want yeah. to fly it. Well, that's the thing in Central and Eastern Europe. Like the the Jews have just not got that far yet. You know, I, rather than we should ascribe any great virtue to the people, it's you know when when the Jews decide to subvert their morals, then it would happen there too. You know. Yeah, although I think there are some cultural elements that have made them uh, a little bit stronger against that sort of thing. I mean, if you look at Russia, there's definitely Jewish influence in, in Russian politics. Uh, yeah. A lot of my friends will... Uh, I have quite a few friends who think Russia is just as, as gay as uh, the U.S. and Western oh, Europe. Yeah. Oh, having yes, lived sure. in Russia, Having lived in Russia, I mean, I can, I can say I, I think it's certainly not nearly as bad. And I think a lot of that has to do with popular attitudes. You know, people there will hear, you know, stuff on the news saying that, you know, diversity is good and people should be gay. And they're just like, uh, no, <laughs> no, it's not. The, the media only has so much influence over uh, Well, people. there's parts of the, parts of the U.S. That, that also where the people would be resistant to, to it as well. So it's... Population yeah. is probably generally more based than the American population, but the government is just as kiked. Yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of it is. is I'm, I think one of the biggest problems with Western civilization, the U.S. in particular, is the university system, which is like the, the first oh, yeah. stop on Jewish oh, martial yeah. institutions. Yeah. And Russia That's, has people, people are normal. People are normal throughout high school, and then they go to university, and they become these disgusting retards. Yeah, they never go to university in Russia because they'll get conscripted. They have mandatory military service. Was, uh, to go back to Scotland, I was just trying to think of it. Uh, the town, Kyleekin, uh, it's this tiny little town. Um, Right, I think it's it's basically like the a part of the land bridge, uh, right by Sky Bridge that connects you up into. Uh, it's by what Lock, Aish, and Karen. It connects Sky to the rest of uh, Scotland, and Kylikens this tiny little town off the side, and we. Uh, there's a little bar there called the Legend of Saucy Mary, and uh, the Navy was in town, and I got shit house with them. It was a really great night. Sorry, I'm just now reminiscing for my own sake. But well, the Scots are the best people to get shit housed with. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. I, it must be something genetic because uh, personally, I, I I held my drink pretty well here in Eastern Europe. The 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 Czechs and the Russians are all heavy drinkers, but I could drink them under the table. I'm, I'm not even a very big guy, <laughs> but I think my liver is is uh, disproportionately large. Yeah, we uh, we drank a lot that night. It's one of the only nights uh, I ever uncontrollably threw up. It might be the only night, actually, I've ever uncontrollably thrown up. And uh, I threw up all over my... I, I realized I was going to throw up. I was like... Where's the bathroom? I'm about to lose it. 
And on my way back to the bathroom, I was just all over the place. And uh, as soon as I was done and recovered, everybody set to work cleaning up. Uh, it was really funny because obviously they're all, you know, uh, sailors. And so they're used to like just doing like military cleaning very. So, but we're all up trying to do this together. But we were all like in sync cleaning up vomit. It was really funny. And the owner of the place was really, really nice about it. And uh, it was a good time. Uh, they're used to it. You go out into the islands and a lot of those small villages, uh, the, the drunks all have horses so that they can uh, just fall asleep on the horse and have the horse take them home at the end of the night. Yep. Yep. But we actually saw people with horses. And I knew, I instantly knew, I was like, that's so that dudes can just uh, be drunk as shit and ride home. Uh, people don't believe me that it's like a really common thing that I, you know, really, the, the people ride the horses to the bar. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm going to piss my pants. All right. Fully operational podcasting station. You have like a piss jug right there. <laughs> like a oh, yeah. desk. <laughs> oh, I, I, did, I did that on the live stream. I peed right into my coffee <laughs> mug. Uh, to the brim, I had to shut it off too. That's the, always the worst when you gotta cut it straight. Well, what, what is the actual racial makeup of Russia? I mean, I understand from history, like there is a like a a strong Germanic element in Russia, where we we think of them as being a white country. But I think, at least my understanding is, in reality. Yeah, a lot of them are not what we would really accept as white. Well, it depends on where you're at. <laughs> I, um, I tend right. to be, I tend to be somewhat open-minded to, to try to see. Okay, somebody says they're white. All right, let me see if I can. Well, like, I so can like the Cossacks, the Cossacks, for instance, are like a mix of Slavic and Asian. All right. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. so, so, so saying like the Ural Mountains, right? The, the, the technical, like there's the Caucasus, which is the border between Asia and Europe in the south. And then the, the Urals, which are the border between Europe and Asia in the east. The highest peak in the Urals is only 6,000 feet. They're, I mean, they're really more like hills and they kind of peter out as you get further south. So there's, <sighs> Russia's always had this problem. It's gone back, you know, to, to the beginning of of uh, time, really. It, it, for as long as there's been a Russian state, the Kievan Rus for dealing with it. Um, it it's a, it's why Russia has a fundamentally authoritarian command st- or governing structure um, for the last you know thousand years. Is yeah. there's no there's nothing to stop you know the invading horde from the east. Nothing, right? And why they have why the Russian Empire like went all the way down to the Caucasus is like okay, we have a border here that we can defend that you know isn't going to and um uh the as far east there there are Slavs and stuff in the Russian Far East. Some absolute honeys went to college in in my neck of the woods um from from that part of the world. Um, but uh, there's a lot of uh, Yakuts and others that uh, were kind of, I, I guess, like Asian, like Eskimos, almost kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're very much, um, they're you know, there's certain Siberian Eskimos and 
other native groups all throughout that are, pardon me, we we prefer the term whale niggers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, uh, now the, the, uh, the, the, Russian expansion east in the and coach correct me if I'm wrong. Um, this is all just you know many years ago college courses, but uh, th- th- it was a very almost like Canada, like uh, the Proshlamiki were like the Canadian fur traders, the voyagers. You know, a lot of them would take uh, like native wives or something. White guys would, and they would they worked their way east, essentially kind of creating a very tenuous foothold. It wasn't until um, the the Trans-Siberian Railroad got built that, that they had a real way to control that entire territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're wild. East. And even, yeah. yeah. And, and even then, you know, it's still tenuous. There's only that one real link that, that one railroad and that's it. Um, the, the sea passage along the north is completely impassable, like seven, eight months out of the year or something. And, um, and there's no real way to, uh, the rivers run north, south for the most part. So they're very like, uh, they're, they're very much barriers rather than, um, Mm -hmm. uh, contributing to commerce or something like they do in Germany where, you know, you, you can go up the Danube and, have a little short train yeah yeah right right right. like you know but you can go up the danube and then and then have a short transshipment point and then be you know into uh another major river uh pretty easily or something no no it's very much like the ob and the lee are barriers and so um the 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 white population as you further and further east gets uh higher admixture and smaller and and in general the whole population gets pretty small so he, uh, the, the best Russian professor I ever had, he, he wasn't a Russian professor, but he was a like Russian history professor. Uh, the, the corollaries between our manifest destiny going I'll west be right back. And, Ru- and Russia's going east are, are numerous. And the yeah. fact that the Russians made it, I mean, it was really like this amazing white, you know, like hands coming around the world. The Russians in through Alaska and down, they were all the way as far down as San Diego, I want to say. I think they had a, no. like a fur, a fur trading north- outpost. Nope, San it was Fort Ross, California. It was uh, Santa Barbara, it's Fort Ross, huh. California. Because I, I did furthest. a tour. Yeah, Qual- Qualcomm took us for a tour around San Diego years. once, and I thought I remembered somebody mentioned Russia then. But regardless, yeah, I mean they made it all the way down there. They they did make it that far. Yeah, can't hear you, nigga. Really? No. Yeah. Shit. Hold on. You only had an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh so, there's a couple Russians that went down there, but they set up shop. They just like visited okay. San Diego. But thank yeah. you. Right. That that must have been what I heard. Yep. Although God knows ex- expats they might hate Putin and <laughs> you can't win. Yeah. Uh are they old believers? <laughs> well, like well, just just like her mom, like wear like the traditional dress and stuff, and the headdress and all. I like pierogies. Uh, yeah, I guess pierogies are Polish, but yeah, pilmeni, pilmeni is what I meant to say. Little pancakes. Uh, yeah. 
Fun, fun quick story. My, my Russian was so bad when I first got the Russian that like ordering food at these roadside stands was really anxiety inducing because it's literally like the soup Nazi. Like if you weren't clear, they're were like, get out, you know, get the f- out, whatever they are. They haunt you. Uh, so I, I only figured out how to say like blini serum, blini with cheese. So I would just get blini with cheese every day to like <laughs> lower. Uh, I, there was okay, one well, where I was like, I talked about the three uh, or the, the rule of threes, you know, three minutes without air, three hours without shelter. Like no, I, I've been really impressed with your guys' output. I, I, it's, um, I, I will confess, I really did love The Fatherland. It was one of my favorite shows, but you guys have definitely surpassed that in quality of content and, I mean, just overall. Longevity, I, you know, yeah. I, yeah, well, and I know that... Uh, <laughs> what was that, What was that, Mitt Gardner? I listened to The Fatherland a few times back in the day. I didn't realize that it was the same show until I listened to, like, Five episodes of Full House. I was like, "Oh shit, that's why this sounds so familiar." Yeah, like, yeah. it was a, well, good no, it's, it's a better show. It's it's more it ideologically is, yeah. correct. It's um, it's more like just unified. You know, Jim was just in, going in so many different directions and inconsistent. Yeah. And no, I, I really enjoy it. I think you've did a wonderful job. And uh, Rolo, I think you're doing a wonderful job as a producer. Legitimately, it sounds great. It's a fun listen every week, and but, I really do. <laughs> Partner, you well, sound uh, terrible, man. I uh, we literally we literally we literally can't hear you. Can you just can you just hold the phone up to your head like as if you're on a phone call? Yeah, like turn yeah, turn it off speaker and see it. yeah, yeah. I know it sucks, but yeah. Let me let me try. All right, is this any better? Yes. Much. Yes. As yeah. quiet. You guys are super quiet though. <laughs> yeah. Turn yeah, turn your volume turn your volume up. <laughs> Stick to gardening, oh, yeah. faggot. All the way up. I don't know. Yeah, I sound better to you guys. I can hear you. Yes, you What's sound yeah, much you better sound great. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll just do this. All right. I'll just yeah. do this. Who <laughs> <laughs> invited this guy anyway? Yeah. I, oh, Smasher, oh. I'll forward you the email from this guy. I don't know if you knew him, but he was like, I hear Smasher's got BMC contact or something like that. I'll send it to you right now if you want to look at it. Jesus just, Christ! No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also, where the f- did you hear that? Because I don't have. Well, that was the thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't have any contacts in Ukraine. I just wrote. Understand, Smasher has PMC contact in Ukraine. I'm trying to get over there. Former army. <laughs> I do not. Thirty-nine-year-old. <laughs> All right. I'm I, I do. I want to. I want to address um, PMC contacts in Ukraine right at the top. Just to Do make really? sure that nobody else thinks that. No, no, seriously, like oh. I don't want people okay. thinking that. Uh, sure, because like that's right. actually something that could get me in serious trouble. You know? Yeah. Oh, fair enough. All right, here we go. Um, hit record.